Welcome to the Mar Experience Stories of Recovery. I'm Matt Shedd. One of the unique things about Mar as a treatment center is the level of community involvement from people who are just volunteers. These are people who are not counselors or currently in treatment, just regular people who come from a variety of backgrounds. Some of them are alumni, some are family members, some are relatives of people that are in active addiction that want to learn more about addiction, and some are people who had no previous connection with the disease of addiction at all. But they will all tell you that they continue to participate in the MAR community because they get something out of it themselves. The ways people can volunteer can include a number of different activities in which they interact with clients, such as participating in treatment groups or spiritual life groups, helping with holiday events, as well as our annual picnic, fall festival, or banquet. In this episode, I'll talk with two alumni who have stayed involved as volunteers for many years, Dave S. and Dave W. We're also joined by Dave W.'s wife, Amy, who had no previous experience with addiction, but became involved with Mar after she met Dave W. and saw the joyful and meaningful community that she could be a part of by volunteering. Thank you all so much for coming by to do this. This is kind of the first time we've gotten to get like a good mixture of people um, with different associations and kind of varying years. So, Dave, do you remember him coming in? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> yeah. Dave was one of those ones when he came to Mar, you know, us volunteers, us people in the program would always evaluate and probably still do. We see people come in and we go, oh, that person's going to make it. Or that per-. Dave was one of those ones, he was so angry. At least that was my opinion of him. And I'm like, he ain't going to make it. Mm. And I never said it to him. I never said it to anybody. But in my mind, I always categorize certain people. This one's going to make what? And nine times out of ten, I'm wrong. And mm. obviously, I was wrong with Dave. Wow. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people lost money on me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and, and that being said, you know, as, as time went on and three-quarter and, you know, different phases, you know, I started to get to know him a little bit. And, you know, he didn't mention this in the beginning, of one of his accomplishments as far as, you know, giving back and volunteering. But David also served on the Mar Alumni Board for two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the president of our, our board mm-hmm. for two years. So one of the things that that uh, that I heard coming here and, and that I've gotten to experience as, as I've been a volunteer, uh, Mar has, has made it clear from from the day I got here, and I'm sure long before that, that the people who get involved with Mar and stay a part of Mar, stay sober. And I've, I've been volunteering, I came to Mar almost nine years ago. I've been volunteering for seven of those years. Um, and I've gotten to see that play out over and over and over and over again. Um, there's just an undeniable connection between staying involved, uh, and, you know, Mars great about keeping recovery uh, a, a priority in life. Uh, so, doing that and staying sober, there, there's just an undeniable connection about those things. So, uh, so th- that's one of those sort of side benefits that that um, that really does come from from being able to come back here and, and have all the opportunities uh, that we do have because there's tons of stuff. Uh, that people can do to be of service uh, to Mar and the Mar families, not just necessarily going to a group or cooking on this particular holiday. There's just tons of things uh, that can be done to to help out. So even if it's, you know, something 
that you consider to be small, just that effort of staying in touch and doing something, um, just from, from what I've seen play out, um, those people have a better chance of staying sober. And, and the one thing I know for sure is I don't want to go back to living the way that I was. So let's start with you, uh, Dave S. Um, what was, so you came through Mar in 1990. How did you start getting involved as a volunteer? Well, it all started with Thanksgiving, actually. Um, my first year in Mar, um, I had I, I had burned so many bridges with family that, you know, I, I wasn't welcome home that first year. And so I spent that first year by myself with some other people at Mar who couldn't go home. Made the decision at that point, I said, I'm never going to do that again. So the next year, me, uh, my sponsor, who I finally had a sponsor, um, uh, together did a big meal for one of the local AA clubhouses uh, through our church. We had so much food, so much food left over that I brought a lot of the leftovers to Mar, uh, to the guys. And I, you know, I, I lived through it, but I didn't really realize how many people were actually not allowed to go home. So the next year is when the Mar Thanksgiving dinner started. And, uh, f for me, I was telling some people a couple weeks ago when we were up at the lake, in my mind, I thought it was disastrous. At 9 o'clock in the morning, I'm calling my house manager from 29 <laughs> years ago and complaining because of what was going on. I'm looking at all this food just sitting, not prepared. I, I leave it for the vol volunteers. But yet, there was not one single complaint. Everybody got fed. Everybody raved about the food, raved about the service, raved about the volunteers. And at nine o'clock, I was freaking out. But that, all that being said, <laughs> I watched those men and women at two thirty in the afternoon sitting around the campfire having the AA meeting. That's this. Laughing. Are you talking about this year? Yeah, this yeah. year. Laughing, having a good time. To me, that's why I do what I do. That's mm -hmm. why I've continued to give back. It helps keep me out of trouble. Obviously, in the beginning, it was more of the busier I keep, the less I'll think about drinking. Now it's more of just seeing other people having fun, having other people like Amy, David, other volunteers. I mean, we had, what, six, ten volunteers yeah. this past mm -hmm. week? Watching all them interact with everybody. I mean, Amy will tell you. I mean, the last five years I've made a concerted effort to oversee but let everybody else do the work. And everybody else had just as much fun as I did. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I, I, obviously I get something out of all this. But the biggest thing is I didn't drink today. I didn't drink yesterday. That's what's more important to me. Mm -hmm. So It's kind of like a family feeling. It's really, mm -hmm. I mean, that's what, as you're saying that and me having gone to these events, it's, it's really hard to describe to somebody who hasn't been there, but... And it's and and the interesting part to me is how you'll have people come in from out of state. I mean, we got Dave and Amy. You know, they they've been constant for however many years now. But the the country ball we had last month, well, we had a woman come down from South Carolina, alumni, two three years sober. Mm -hmm. She came down with her two sons to work, and she left when we were starting eight. She really came down just to volunteer. 
She's done that with Thanksgiving in the past, you know, different things. But how do you explain that to somebody who's not part of this? Like, what's what's going on? Why would somebody drive all that way just to cook some food? And for me, it would be I'm helping somebody else, but I'm also helping myself. I volunteered in family groups for years here at the men's center. And it was always, you know, the dependents. And one day I was asked, you know, why do you sit in here? It was very, a very emotional group, a lot of relapse, a lot of death. And I looked at someone one day and told them, I said, you know, I'm probably the most selfish person in this room. I said, I'm exhausted when I go home at night. I said, but I get more out of this than you probably ever will. And I said, that's why I keep coming back every Tuesday night. So it's the same philosophy. Mm -hmm. You know, I get something from it. Obviously, this young woman from South Carolina, I mean, we get people for the banquet that come from out of state. You know, like I said, we get a lot of different people that come. Someone came from Shanghai or something. (laughs) But I would say it also goes to the way the MAR program is set up from the get-go, that once you get past yourself... Then you, you, you understand that the people who are in it are going through a really hard time. And how can somebody helped you when you were at that place in space? And, and how important it is, even if it's just one time a year or even it's, if it's through a donation, that that's what, that's the, what the Mar, Mar did. They made you you and then they made you a part of society. And the way society gets better is to help each other. And I think Dave would probably agree with me. That entire community mm-hmm. model, that's what it's all about. And it once you get sucked in, like Amy has, she's part of that community model now. Right. It, you know? Mar really does have a family feel to it, you know. Um, so for me, uh, I mean, I, I agree with everything that both uh, Dave and Amy have have said about it. Uh, but for me, it, it, it's, it's, you know, the fact that I get to stay sober one more day, I get to go be around people, um, who are going through early recovery. So I frequently get a good close look at myself, uh, when I see those folks, uh, and it's, I go home at the end of the day and I feel good about myself. I, I've done something good with that day, you know? Um, so I, I, I enjoy the volunteering that I do uh, for those things. Uh, I, I volunteer, uh, you know, Tuesdays and, and Saturday mornings for ARP still. Um, that is a, a staple uh, of my recovery uh, program. Um, and, and But for uh, unusual circumstances, I am here. Uh, and, and I can be counted on to be here. Uh, and the fact that I can say that I can be counted on for anything today uh, is a significant change because that was not who I was when I got here. Uh, but Mar was patient with me. They let me, you know, like I said, pound on my high chair when I needed to, and they supported me when I needed support. And um, to have an opportunity to give back is just a cool thing. I volunteer Thursday nights and Saturday mornings with the women's group in Lawrenceville, and they are so appreciative of me, and yet I'm so appreciative of them. Um, for me, as a support system to somebody who has been through recovery, I was looking at how to, how to have understanding that I didn't have. And 
and um, I needed people around me who were living it to help me be. So it's it's my support system as much as it is, it is theirs. Um, but they they never hesitate to say anything in front of me, and I'm thankful for that. And I remember in apartment groups when you would mm-hmm. have outside. I my halfway house group, we had a woman. She was an optometrist over in Marietta. Why in the world? And Doug would mention this every now and then. Why in the world would a, would a woman who is not in the program, you know, she's just an old church woman who wanted to give of her time. Mm-hmm. Why would she want to spend time with us? Because we're worth, you know, being loved. I mean, that would always be the, but I always used to hear that all the time. Why, whether it was spiritual life group, whether it was home groups, but I mean, you look around Mar now, I mean, you look at the list of volunteers, I'd say at least half are not part of Mar. They may have had a family member that went through Mar, or they may have somebody in the program somewhere else. I met a volunteer at the uh, Thanksgiving dinner. She volunteers at the Monday night spiritual life group. Mm -hmm. She's not in the program. She... Just and she's been around for five. I think she said five or six years. Yeah, mm-hmm. she so, comes and helps us serve. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She has no. She did not have a family member go through. Yep. She just said, "I I got involved and I realized this is where I need to be." Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit more about your Mar journey? Sure. I mean, I think it started when we started dating, and I knew that his home group was Thursday night. Don't expect to hear from him. Thursday nights are kind of off limits. You know, from there, there would be little things that I would do with him just strictly meeting wise. You know, a Saturday night, we would be going to dinner, but that was another pretty steady thing for him. Um, And then from there, he, because at that time, I think you were possibly president or at least on the board. Mm -hmm. So we were doing cleanup at the lake and he'd say, I'm going up on Saturday to clean up at at the lake and all that kind of stuff. So I just started kind of tagging along because honestly, at that point in his thing, I might not have seen him very much. Mm-hmm. We might have had just a phone relationship if I didn't. Because he was so tag. deep into recovery yeah, it was and so important. And, yeah. and I was not going to risk that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I still say that, that I, if you need to do something, even though we have plans, I'm not risking that. From there, it was the picnic or... Um, I think that first year you even went deep sea fishing for the mm-hmm. fish, for the fish fry yeah. and those. And I saw him have a group of people. And I have to tell you, before that, I had not been involved with anybody who had their own group of people. Mm-hmm. You know, men who have men friends who do men things was just not the people that I had been involved with before that. And, and I respected that because I didn't I have I have girlfriends and we do things with. And I didn't want somebody who didn't understand that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I don't know about before that, but I think at that point, Mar gave him that. Mm-hmm. You know, this community, it, you know, that, that you always have people you can turn to and be around that I don't think a lot of men have mm-hmm. if they haven't been trained to have it, mm-hmm. right? You don't grow up knowing, men, women grow up knowing how to have women friends. I don't know that men grow up knowing how to have men friends. So, but after those kind of just initial steps and getting to know people at the couple of things, the picnic, the fish fry, um, Thanksgiving and those kinds of things, I guess it was probably, it'll be a year, a little more than a year ago, Dave started saying, you know, the women's centers here in Lawrenceville, four miles from our house, you know, spirituality meetings. And I thought, I really thought they wouldn't have me because I'm 
not you know one of them but then he got Doug to kind of do the the volunteer training for me and and I called Kimberly and Kimberly and I talked at the um the banquet that year and and I and so I would say it was probably the end of January of this year that I started doing Thursday nights um super nervous super scared had no idea and the very first spirituality meeting with these women, those women's meetings are not easy. I mean, I don't know what the men are like, but if the men think the women are nice to each other, they are not. As much as they don't want to call it like it is, they start off really soft and sweet, but it's coming out. And it's going to get, you know, it's going to get talked about and, and yet they can move past kind of thing. But the very first meeting I went to, it was a really, really intense one, I thought. I don't know that I'm going to be helpful. I'm not trained for this. I am a elementary school teacher. I have a full-time job. And if I'm supposed to help or if I'm supposed to input, I, yeah. But they were very gracious and I went back. <laughs> and sometimes things are calm and some things are not. But um, they, they thank me for my perspective of things because they don't have the perspective of their partner or spouse, really. They want to. Mm-hmm you know, and those kinds of things. And then um, there's a Saturday morning group that I started a couple months, just kind of showing up to a couple months later than that. Um, I get as much out of it as they hope they do because I need to know what to watch for, how to help, (laughs) what to say when I get worried Mm -hmm. because otherwise I could do it the wrong way. Mm -hmm. I could say it the wrong way. We could end up in an argument over something that we're both on the same page about with his recovery and with what he needs. I have a hard time when I miss, which I, you know, every once in a while I miss. And I have a hard time because I feel like I missed out. Mm. Like, did something good happen? What's going on? How's everybody doing? Mm-hmm. You know, so um, so I really enjoy being with them as much as I, I get as much out of it as I hope that I offer to them. And see what I always used to find, too, mm-hmm. those nights where I'd have to miss a Tuesday or something. Uh-huh. Those were usually the the days where I really needed it because mm-hmm. you know there was something going on and but yeah. I've developed friendships and relationships with people over the last twenty nine years mm-hmm. and the ones that are still alive they're still friends yeah you know it, some of them have made it some of them have struggled you know in twenty nine years I've been fortunate but there are people that I lived with that to this day you know can't do more than six months at a time and are still alive. Mm-hmm. But I still talk to him on occasion. So. Fraternity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fraternity really, it really is. is. So I'm so glad you said that um, because I was just reflecting. On, this has been such a great conversation with you all and getting so many different perspectives on on the Mar way of life, you know. Um, and before I was in this position, I was answering the phone in admissions. So that was my job. Mm-hmm. This project kind of came out of if I could communicate what I've heard, the stories I've heard from mm-hmm. people that have, are in this thing, people like you all, um, and get that to people that are calling on the phone. That I know that I know that there'll be more people who are willing to sign up because it's hard mm-hmm. to it's hard to pack that all into a five minute phone call when right. someone's right. in crisis. You know, <laughs> right. yeah. um, a big piece of that too that's hard to communicate about Mar is that. You know, this could this could just be you go to treatment and go home and, you, you know, it, 
no one's going to make you stay involved. But if you want to stay involved, we have alumni coordinators. We have an alumni network. We have mm -hmm. these events regularly, um, year round that you can stay. We have volunteer opportunity. So it's like, it could just be you're, you're paying for 90 days of treatment and you're going home and going back to your life. Or it could be that you're signing up for something that like a fraternity, like your sorority that you're part of for mm -hmm. the rest of your life. So with that in mind, what would you say in terms of the opportunity to participate as an alumni that's available here? Like if you could summarize it. Well, I think the opportunities are whatever you feel comfortable doing and how you decide to do it. And yet, even if you are with somebody who's in active addiction, your learning is greater. Your learning is greater just by participating with those who are trying not to be active addicts because you can only take care of yourself. You cannot convince somebody else to do something else. Mm -hmm. No matter how much you love them, no matter how much you want it, you can take care of yourself. And what I'm getting out of this is how to make sure I'm doing what I need to do, separating myself from his choices if I don't like them. But you can't talk something, somebody into something they're not ready to do. So you take care of yourself. You come. You learn. I mean, this is as much a learning experience for me every single time as it is a volunteer experience. Mm. And so if you are, you know, if you have an active addict or you just want to come volunteer, just come. There, I have never been turned away. I've never seen anybody turn away. And yet at the same time, you will always learn no matter what kind of volunteer work you do. Yeah, don't wait on them to get sober before you come yeah. volunteer. Yeah. 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 Some it. of the volunteers that, that uh, I know that are, are uh, involved with MAR right now um, just have family members um, who have had substance abuse problems, uh, alcohol, drugs, whatever it may be. Um, and... Uh, just in talking, I, I'm thinking of one in, in particular because she's in one of the groups that, that I volunteer in, but I, there are others too. Uh, and, and they talk about uh, how healing it is for them to come in and be able to, to participate in a group that's addressing these issues that they've seen from a side that those of us who are in treatment have, have not seen. Right. Uh, they have the perspective of somebody who's, you know, an adult child of an alcoholic or, uh, you know, a mother or a father or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. So uh, and, and I think the learning thing that Amy talked about, uh, I know for me is, is true. I learn stuff every time I come here. Um, and that, that, that may be a large part of the why people who stay connected to Mar tend to stay sober because it is a learning process, mm -hmm. right? I run into new situations that I haven't been in in sobriety all the time. Um, I run into some of the same ones that I've been in uh, occasionally as well. But no matter what's happening, I've always learned something to allow me to either do it, uh, you know, at least well the first time or better the second time. Etc. And that never ends. It just never ends. There's always something else. If you had one thing you could pass on to the people who are listening, um, from your something that you've gained from your experience with Mar, what would it be? I have learned that we are all the same. Whether you're in active addiction, whether you're in recovery, whether we are really all the same, and we all do have issues. 
And so we just all need to handle them together. Beautiful. I, I guess sort of taking somewhat off of that, you know, one of the things as a volunteer that, that I see, uh, it, it happened when I was in halfway, I did it uh, to a certain extent, uh, at least at the very beginning, I certainly did. Um, and, and that is the great staring contest at the, the beginning of every meeting. Or, or who's got something that, that people want to talk about? And everybody is suddenly a carpet expert, right? <laughs> Um, it's so it, uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. You For know, 10 minutes. Right. <laughs> and and today I go into those rooms and I have something I could talk about literally every day that, that's recovery related because recovery is about living. It's it's about the day-to-day the -day stuff that we all deal with, that we all go through, um, you know, but that we think for whatever reason is not important enough to bring up. Uh, it's not really a big deal. It's not the kind of stuff you're supposed to talk about whatever. Um, and, and that is just nonsense that we tell ourselves. Uh, and, and it serves our disease by keeping us apart from others and, and not getting the benefit of being able to share where we're at with other people. So the one thing that, that I um, hope people will take away is, is just the importance of saying where you're at with the stuff that you're at and, and talking about things that are happening in your life. Um, so that's the one thing that, that I would want to, mm -hmm. to share with folks, especially if, if they're, they're coming in, cause it's really hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard. We, you know, we're egomaniacs with, uh, inferiority complexes, all of us. So, you know, it's either, you know, our stuff is, is so important. We're not sharing it or it's not important enough to share, but whatever <laughs> it is, we're not sharing it. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that's what I hope somebody would take away is that, you know, that regular everyday stuff, that's the stuff we have to learn how to do, right? We all know the big, you know, don't go hanging out at the bar every night, you know, like yeah. that's a rather obvious one. Right, right? simple <laughs> thing. But, yeah. you know, how do I deal with this situation at work? Or, you know, I had, you know, something happen at work the other day. And I mean, just those kinds of things. Yeah, I love that. It reminds me of what I hear the counselors always say at the men's center to the guys that are in treatment here, too, that, you know, like going to the grocery store, figuing out who's going to car, how you're going to carpool. Those are spiritual experiences. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, <laughs> those are perfect experiences. Yeah, Every last one of them. Yeah. yeah. I got a quick story. My roommate when I was in halfway the first time, um, still a good friend to this day. Talked to him a couple weeks ago, actually. But anyway, he lives in Savannah. Sober, 28 years, actually, not 29. He had a relapse. But anyway, in community, been at Mar for two weeks, did the whole grocery shopping thing with the stamps. And anyway, we had a little bit of money left over. So we all got something special. Jack got a Snicker bar. I got some. Jack gets home, not going to eat it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save it for lunch tomorrow. Well, at 11 o'clock, before I went to bed, I decided I wanted that frozen Snicker bar. <laughs> and I'm on the couch at 11.15 munching on that dog. Snicker bar when Jack comes walking down the stairs. We ended up at 2.30 in the morning finishing our community meeting because he got so upset that we had everybody come. Doug Brush had to come, and we had to have a big community. To this day... Jack gets a Christmas present from me, a 36-count box. <laughs> 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 uh, it's just one of those things. And like I said, 
he's one of the ones I I would love to talk to him every couple of months, but when he and I talked a couple of weeks ago, it's the first time in probably close to a year. Wow. But we do stay in touch, and so anyway, I just had to share that story. That's a great story. <laughs> but you know, going off of what Dave said, I think bottom line is for me what I what I walked away from Mar with was the volunteering piece, the giving back to other people, not just at Mar. You know, 28, 29 years ago, Doug, for the first time, dragged me to uh, Dixie Wheelchair Games as a volunteer, me and four or five other guys in the halfway house. And I've been on that board, and I've been in, in the, part of that association for the last 28 years. It was just one of those things when he took us and we worked. I mean, we worked our butts off. But every one of those guys that I worked with, like I said, some of them have stayed sober, some of them haven't, but we still talk on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. But that, the, the giving back piece, whether it be, you know, like you said, at Mar or at a soup kitchen or at church, um, you know, that to me was the biggest thing that I came away with Mar with, along with the fact that Amy said it before, you can take the alcohol away. The problems are still there. And for 29 years, that's been my life. It's been one day at a time of how am I going to deal with this debt or how am I going to deal with, you know, this customer or whatever. So to me, that's those are the two things I came away with and still, for the most part, try to practice on a daily basis. Mm. Well, this has been so great. Thank you all for sitting down and talking and sometimes I forget that we're even recording the <laughs> show. Oh, trust me, I remember. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's been great talking to y'all. It's Thank been you. a lot of fun. Thanks for having Thanks. me. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for listening to the Mar Experience Stories of Recovery. I'm Matt Shedd. Our show is co-produced by Angela Edmonds and our executive producer is David Tate. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time.